Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. It's episode 78 of Please Advise. I'm Malls. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Christina, what's going on? Nothing much. What's going on with you? Nah, I have a lot going on, but I want to ask you real quick. We were talking before we started about um, some of the calls you've been getting. You guys have done us a real solid by leaving tons and tons of messages because I, as you're listening to this, I will have just gotten back from my trip to New Orleans with fat gay Max Wyeth. You can go look up his episode if you want. Um, a, a cold place in hell. But yeah, so if you want to listen to his episode, I was just in New Orleans with him and you guys were really great about calling and leaving tons and tons of voice notes to make up for the fact that we don't have our nor- normal two-week buffer to kind of collect calls. Um, yeah. So, Thank you guys for coming through. I really, really appreciate that because I'm the one who stresses out about it. But Molly does too, but I'm like keenly aware of like exactly how many are coming in. I used to have the email connected to my phone and then I was like, I I don't want to listen to all these in advance. I want to be surprised so you guys can get my real reaction. I'm not like meditating on your thoughts all week. But Christina, you said you got a lot of messages that you just kind of want to address really quick the type (laughs) of message you've been getting. Yeah, so – um. Molly's phone is not connected to the Please Advise phone number. So if you're you're calling into Please Advise thinking that you're going to get Molly directly, that's not going to happen. Like you have to pass through me first essentially. So don't leave a 20-second message that's just like, my boyfriend's really bothering me. Molls, if you can call me back, my number is this. Please like that doesn't really do anything. So this is to I just want to bring up this point then. So I'm also like if the, if I was like an astro twin or something, like if I was like an astrology expert and this was my podcast about astrology, like I guess I could see maybe understanding you wanted me to like call you in my free time to talk about astrology because I'm an expert in that. But this is like a comedy advice podcast, you guys. Like we're filed under comedy. You don't always have to LOL, but like the nature of it is that we're here for entertainment and um, I don't really like give advice in my free time, like to people that aren't my friends. And then even then I try to keep it pretty spare. I mean, some people have been like messaging me on Snapchat, like long problems and sending me voice messages. And like, I guess on, on like, you know, video messages on Snapchat. And I really appreciate that because it means you guys are like enjoying it, engaged. But like, that's not where you're going to actually get an answer from me. Like, unless it's like, which dress do you like better? That I'll answer for you on like Twitter or something. But, um, if you have to send me a private message, like I'm probably not going to like get into it with you and counsel yeah. you through it. It just is. It's also like that's a lot to ask of me in terms of my life. Like when everyone else is watching TV, I don't want to be like talking some stranger through her boyfriend problem. You know, like we're like half into Real Housewives, half like worried about some stranger's boyfriend. It's also kind of like a legal thing. Too. <laughs> it's a legal thing. Like, I mean, I can't be I'm if anything ever happened to someone because of some advice I gave them off the air, like I would 
I would just feel terrible. Legal legal reasons aside, I would just feel bad. Yeah. So let's th- let's keep the calls to please advise for lots of reasons. And thank you for calling, though. I really do appreciate that. Yeah, and I love hearing everybody's problems. It's just that you know, please keep it for stuff on the show, Mo- not for Molly's like personal time. And, and that would be appreciated. But I, yeah, we love your calls. We love your emails. Thank you very much. And we couldn't do this show without you. It's true. Um, but one thing I do want, want to say, just to like cover for you, because I know you probably won't say it. Like, I, you guys, if you like over dramatize what's going on with you in an attempt to get a reaction, like if you oh, yeah. make it sound like you're being hurt or like you're going to hurt yourself or. Um, you're in some sort of immediate danger. Um, we are never the solution for those problems. You need to call the police. Um, and that's all we will tell you to do if we even get back to you in a timely fashion. Because again, this is something both Christine and I do as a labor of love in our free time. So we're not always on our email and able to get back to you quickly. You need to call 911 if something like that is happening to you. And also know that like we don't really have the capacity to fix those issues for you. We're not a help center. We don't, yeah, no, like we don't, we don't, we don't, we're not trained in this. So 911 is always going to be your best bet. Okay. Uh, our guest today <laughs> is someone I love very much. She's a friend of many friends of this podcast, including, of course, Ed. That's how we met. Katie O'Connor, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Okay. So, okay, Katie, how would I begin to describe you? You are a lawyer slash brand ambassador slash atmosphere model slash product reviewer of sorts how would you describe what everything that you do what do you call yourself it's hard to fit into a box so it kind of just depends who I'm talking to a lot of the time totally um but yeah I I went to law school I do a lot with um hospitality and law and consulting and um you know being a brand ambassador so I'd say my passion is like the food and beverage industry and hospitality. Okay. Every, everything's kind of related to it. Because you are definitely the friend that sends a text at like 8 p.m. That's like, hey, like I'm going to a, like a tequila party on the west side and then we're all going to this steak restaurant at 10 p.m. And if you want, if you can't come to that, then the, like we're going to this bar. And it's like you have so much like stuff going on. I'm always like blown away by you. And Ed and I always are just like, what is she up to? And like. He's like, oh, she's, of course, she's like in New York right now, or she's in so and so right now. You just told me you were in Vegas for a week working with, uh, can you, can you not say the product, but what it was vaguely? Um, for Vegas, I was there on behalf of a high end leather desk accessories company. And then I stayed with a girlfriend who bartends in Vegas. Hi, Stephanie. Hey. Um, <laughs> and saw what the local life was like. What's it like there? I always wonder, what is that like to live in Vegas? You can live um, a pretty high quality of life on very little money. Um, Why? It's There's so much space there, I think. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, she has like a beautiful two-bedroom with her dog for like $500 a month. Are you kidding me? No. Apartment um, or house? Apartment. But that's still crazy. It is. Oh, my God. I think I would go a little crazy living there, though. Oh, my God, I would go nuts. I couldn't even imagine how you did it in a week. It's a very, like, unhealthy lifestyle all the time. Totally. And, I, I you know, the, I, there's a couple types of people I don't get. Sorry, the teen, t- sorry to Tina the Diva. I don't totally get people that do Disneyland or Disney World's, like, yearly and, like, wear the outfits and, like, have the pins and the 
bric-a-brac and like all that shit, the fucking adults with the Minnie Mouse ears sort of stuff. Don't really get that. Yeah. I'm I, fine if I never go back to anything Disney. It's fine with me. Also don't get, I would go to Club 33. I would do that. That's like the private club, Yeah, if you right? could get in, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like I know people that are getting in, so I feel like I'm not that far away from it. But anyway. <laughs> you, you missed this because you can't see anything. Malls literally just put on her glasses. Like, yeah. Like, anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, you guys, don't worry. I know people that know people that are kind of high up at Disney World. So then the other thing that I don't get at all are the families that go and their NASCAR leather jackets or like any kind of a statement leather jacket like that looks like it maybe came in for free or with like a lot of like UPCs or like proof of purchases. It sounds like you're just against big brand like big like (laughs) – no, I, I think what I'm against flair. is like tacky people is I think what I'm really <laughs> against. And the people that like save up their money to go to Vegas like triannually and like barely have teeth and like their grandkids probably don't have health insurance, but they're like chain smoking at the slots and just like getting their lives like going to go see some like gr- like degrade comedian like when the fucking bachelor do you watch the bachelor? A little bit. Okay, so this week he went to Vegas on a group date or like two weeks ago. I guess Matt, when this is playing, it's like three, four weeks ago. He went to Vegas on a group date and like there was a yodeling Muppet in the mix and like all the girls were like, oh my God. Like I guess it was like some like famous like puppeteer and they were like, it's that guy. And it's like there's so many people in Vegas that are like that that just make millions of dollars a year and are super successful but are like, first of all, the last person I would pay money to see. But secondly, just like, completely famous in their own little bubble like they're not like world known other than like people from all over the world go to vegas and wind up in a room with this yodeling puppet guy but like he's rich yep that and like the jabberwocky dance troupe or whatever yeah 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 they're they're still there did you see them i saw lots of marketing for them oh yeah i did not see them i just went to a cirque du soleil show and i saw a um the michael jackson one no it was kind of steampunky zarkana Oh, okay, yeah. cool. And then I saw a Sea Monsters exhibit, which was kind of fun as well. Were there actual sea monsters there? They were dead sea monsters. What did they look like? There were a lot of sharks and like there was a penguin for some reason. Like petrified or just regular? Like what what was wrong with it? <laughs> I mean, I think it, they were like kind of – it was just either the bones or with the penguin, it still had the feathers – and so why, but why was a penguin? Was it like a freakish penguin? I don't know. No, it was a pretty normal looking penguin. Seems like unfair to advertise that as a sea monster. Agreed. I'll like show they you just were like, later. we'll just stick in this penguin too. Like they had it. So yeah. like, we'll put this in too. It's right. like a caterer, like panicking. Yeah. Vegas is a pretty sad place though, overall. Yeah. I, uh, one day I went through a, uh, uh, I took a run through like a bunch of casinos. Yeah. And I was obviously the only person working out, but, um, you know, just I love running, like jogging through casinos. <laughs> right? The security got a little alarmed at a couple of them. Um, <laughs> but just watching all these people like piss their money away and just chain smoke and what was like the, the saddest visual and, you saw? I mean, the saddest visual is uh, seeing somebody gambling at night after yeah. dinner and then waking up early the next morning and they're still there. Oh, that is really sad. I will say this. Like, as sad as Vegas is, Athletic City is considerably sadder. Yeah, and can you imagine how sad Reno is? AC AC is pretty pretty bad, though. It's, like, it's very sad. Everything's, like, torn down, and all the casinos are filing bankruptcy. 
Maybe Reno would be fun to go to. I feel like Reno's like <laughs> Atlantic City's like embarrassed cousin. Like there's like not even that. Like it's, it's like it's nothing. I just think of Reno 911, which yeah, is one you're of right. my favorite shows. Just hoping like a cop in tiny shorts shows up or something. Please. Yes. That would be the worst to be a cop in Reno. Like I can it's only like drugs and prostitution. Like dealing with another it's method. Like people yeah. that get kicked out of Vegas. You're go exactly to Reno. right. And also Crystal, Nevada. Isn't that kind of near Reno? That's where Heidi Fleiss lived. It's like a, a town entirely of prostitutes. Like there's wow. no citizens that live there that like aren't a part of the sex trade somehow. Like that either would pimps be, or hoes. It would be a very interesting like people watching experience to go there. Totally. Yeah. Someone I like read about, I think it was Heidi Fleiss. I mean, I think I think it was her that was doing it in this documentary, but she was going to do like a half laundromat, half whorehouse. So you could like go get your laundry done. Perfect. What and then like you're come home with the laundry, you know, and your wife yeah, doesn't take none like the two wiser. hours. And yeah. yeah, that's that's perfect. Real gross. So, um, Katie, how has 2016 been for you? Pretty good. Do you think this is going to be a good year for you? According to my horoscope, yes. What sign are you? I'm a triple Pisces. Damn girl, that's like mad water signs, right? Yes. What does that mean about you? Well, that's actually one of the three reasons I am qualified to give advice. Oh, yeah. It means that I'm very intuitive. Uh -huh. um, I pick up on people really quickly. And um, it's also Pisces is the oldest sign of the Zodiac. It's like the 12th sign. So I have like a little part of each of the other signs. Okay. In me. That's cool. Wait. So is the intuitiveness just because you're a water sign? Because I'm a water sign too. What are you? I'm a cancer. Nice. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I think the water signs are definitely more intuitive. They um, say that about Capricorns too, though. I think they give intuitive to most. I think intuitive is a woman thing. I'm dating a Capricorn. Do you he's, think is he? But he's a guy. Yeah, I think I'm still more intuitive though. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are. But he's a guy. I mean, he's like you know. Us, uh, I mean, I assume the person you're dating is a guy. I don't know, Katie. I don't want to put anything on you. Still dating guys. Who is this guy? He's Corey. You like him? Hi, Corey. I do. He's fantastic. You like him enough to say his name on a podcast? That's a big deal. Well, thank you. It is. How long have you guys been dating? Just a few months. Where'd you meet? We met at a place that he used to manage. He's a restaurant manager. That seems like a smart guy to date. Yeah. And then you're like hooked up everywhere you go. I like eating and drinking. If you stopped dating him, would you still go into his restaurant? Well, he's kind of between restaurants right now. So. Okay, okay. <laughs> so it's great because he has more free time. You had a pretty crazy 2015, though. You got hit by a car. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah, Katie got hit by a that. car. Oh, my god. That's why I started going to acupuncture, which is... Everyone, if you read my ebook, The Alcoholic Bitch Who Ruined Your Life, Christina's interviewed in it, but also my um, acupuncturist, Jeremiah Krieger, who Katie sees now to recover from being hit by a goddamn car. So obviously he's the best. You were hit in New York, right? I was. In like in Manhattan in the middle of the street? Yes. And a crosswalk where I was just crossing the street, drunk driver. Oh my God. And so is it like, what, like, what happens when you get hit in the middle of the street in New York? It's pretty crazy. I mean, for me, my first instinct was like, there was all these other cars that were about to come by. You know, the light was about to turn. Um, so I kind of started just freaking out and screaming. And then um, there were a couple of wonderful pedestrians who helped me out. Uh, police came pretty quickly. Ambulance. Kind of a whirlwind. 
Yeah. And then it took you a while to recover, right? How long were you in the hospital for? Just a couple nights. But um, it was pretty, you know, I was seeing a neurologist and taking all these pills and doing all the neurology stuff. Wasn't working. Molly recommended Jeremiah. Yeah. um, And Jeremiah has been a total miracle worker. It's amazing, right? He's really, really great. Yes. And by the way, you, you and I were the you were the first person I went to the springs with. I'm drinking a juice from the springs right now. And my body guy, Sean Bartholomew, do you remember we couldn't get massages with him that yes. day? Well, I was persistent and I went back and Katie, he's amazing. Do you know what he does? He puts a glove on and p- goes inside of your mouth and like works on your TMJ. That's awesome. Do you grind your teeth? No. Oh, oh my God, you're so lucky. It's like hurts. My ears hurt all the time. It's hurt. It's been like affected my hearing. It's like, it's bad. It's really bad. But um, he like, like he knocked me out yesterday. And unfortunately, it's so hard to use Jeremiah. He's either in Santa Monica or Beverly Hills. It's hard for me right now because I live in Glendale. Um, but um, Sean has like been a good holdover. I need to be able to see Jeremiah more often though. I figured when I have the house, I would have him come out there. Because he does at-home sessions, too. One general piece of advice to all of our listeners, I think, is uh, do acupuncture. If you have anything that's bothering you, like, go find a good acupuncturist. It's Even, really like, amazing. emotional stuff. Yeah, like, anything. Like, wait, I think, like, um, you know, he also, Jeremiah does this a little bit, too. He doesn't advertise it at all. But, like, if, you, if you're willing to work on everything else, like, in terms of you show up every week, you know, sometimes twice a week, you eat healthy, you take your herbs, whatever else, you let him do like the treatments that kind of like are a dull pain and they hurt a little bit. He will, he'll do a little bit of an Accu facelift on you. He'll like stick some needles in your face. He'll give you some beauty points once in a while. I would always like feel like I had to earn them. I'd be like, have I done enough? Can I have my face points now? But um, he does all of it. It's He's amazing. I, I really think that not enough people realize like how much, especially like weight stuff, is like all a part. It's like a part of like, where's your digestion at? Like, where is your mood at? Are do you, how's your energy flowing? Like, it's all related. It's yeah, and it's like there's so much shit at Whole Foods and online and stuff. Like, if you just like when I'm typing in my vitamins or whatever on Amazon, trying to just like order my regular vitamins, like half the vitamins that are recommended next to it are like weight loss vitamins, and I'm like, this is about fixing your metabolism. Like, you can't just like take weight loss vitamins to like switch shit up like it's uh, you're better off going like acupuncture and like reverse engineering it that way like trying to fix what is off in the first place because pills aren't gonna they're just a band-aid do you go to dragon herbs at all I do I have been to dragon herbs Jeremiah had me on a million herbs a day I was like taking like 16 herbs a day at one point easy cheese amazing I take that every day um fantastic and the super pill number two but he also has been really good about when I was working in office, like if I would start to get the sniffles, he would give me like cordyceps, an, like a whole thing of, of a, like a whole, um, like, I don't know, like a battery of herbs. Like you'd just be like, go get these like seven things. That's like, what you I just all took after I came back from Vegas. They're so good. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, Jeremiah is the best. You, and also just go to dragon herbs too and tell them what's wrong with you. He works with dragon herbs. Um, in different capacities. So um, definitely go there too if you're in LA. They'll look at your tongue and tell you everything that's wrong with you. It's right. pretty crazy. Oh, and by the way, I, I'm getting worse and worse at telling people what to do when they come to LA. So maybe stop asking me. The other Matt Raz, do you know Matt from our podcast yeah. network? He was like, hey, Miles, I'm coming to town. What do I do? And I was like, you should rent a car and like drive up to Joshua Tree and take a sound <laughs> bath. And I was like, 
That is like not what anyone is looking for when they ask like you should go to Dragon Arbs. Like no one wants to go to come to LA and go to Dragon Arbs. But like that's what I would do if I like when I'm in hey you guys send me like holistic places to go to in New Orleans. It's going to be too late, but that's what I kind of want to do when I go places now. It's like where can I get a juice? Where can I get a facial? It's like really good. Um I think I'm growing up. Um Katie, you also had a really fun uh night in 2015. Uh, getting my Christina Lopez here drunk, which is I'm <laughs> yes, so jealous of because Christina Lopez never does that around me. No, she doesn't really do that around anyone. And no. <laughs> so Christina, I first of all in my I, in my mind she didn't Uber, she just drunk drove home like a maniac. <laughs> she Ubered. She was very responsible. Also, this wasn't even at night; it was daytime. <laughs> oh, it was. I knew it was at like four in the afternoon. It was like, but in my mind, it was like oh, it was God, light I'm out. Late. Okay. We had a blast. That was the we first did. time we met, and yeah. uh, we just had a great time. We hit it off. You were unemployed back then. You could do it, right? Yeah, it was that. It was because I Ubered because you chose a bar so close to where we record. Um, and I don't know. She just, like, I could tell she could handle her liquor better than most people <laughs> hang out with. So I was like, I felt safe. I don't know. Oh, good. I didn't Thank have to you. be the adult. So Yeah. Yeah. That's what fat gay is like and why I'm a little bit nervous for New Orleans. Because, I am really like, nervous for you. I, okay, fat gay can do like laps around me. Like I was I was like maybe three sips into each drink I had when he at the Golden Globes parties when he'd be like, let's go back to the bar and get another drink. And I'm like, dude, like I like I just I just started this one. I was walking into the bar with like like two hands of full drinks being like, I guess I'll have another one. Uh so, I mean, the good thing with that is then your drink is always fresh, yeah. you know, because you're just like taking the first three sips and then throwing the rest of it somewhere else for someone to go clean up. Very Golden Globes-esque. But um, what uh, did you – What? okay, so tell me about Christina Lopez drunk. What happened? Like how did you know she was drunk? You know, I didn't know her prior like drinking tolerance or habits or anything, but it was funny because, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. <laughs> so we had one round of drinks. We got some food. And then I think I was kind of taking the lead. And I'm like, all right, another round. Yeah. Another round. And then the owner of that place, was he there that day? It was the bartender that okay. was like talking to us yeah. and like was offering us free things. It's and it was very, like, very friendly, uh, generous place. Love um, that. So we just, we just had fun. Christina, we were just laughing a lot. And yeah. Yeah. We had a good time. You were I'm, loving life. I think the only thing I was like maybe getting louder, which yeah. is like, okay. you know, like what I did you wear? I cannot remember. Like a strappy tank top with your hair down. (laughs) I think I was just wearing like a t-shirt and jeans. Oh, my God. I fucking love that mental image of you (laughs) on a strappy tank top just driving yourself up wasted. (laughs) After like six shots of tequila. funny to me. Oh, my gosh. Um, So, Katie, do you want to tell us your three reasons why you're qualified? That was a really boring story. I don't get very turned up even when I'm drunk. You know what? I'm just a lot of fun, I think. We should do it again. This is how exciting it is. It's just the fact that she got drunk is a good story to me. Like, I'm like, (laughs) really? Tell me more. And then she got drunk? Tell me more. That's the best story I've heard all week. Um, Christina's (laughs) blushing right now. So for those at home who are wondering why this enthralls me so much, I just it's like it's that friend that you're like, you never you never get nuts like that. That's crazy. Um, okay. So Katie, besides being a triple Pisces, what are the three reasons why you're qualified to give advice today? Triple Pisces, one, two, three. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, triple Pisces. And my second reason is I've just had a lot of different life experiences. I've lived in a lot of different places. I've done a lot of things. 
I've been in a lot of situations. Um, so nothing really shocks me. Um, and I can probably relate to whatever it is. Uh, the last reason, the University of Oxford recently did a study that said that um, women with bigger butts are smarter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then I must be a fucking genius. Yeah. So I think that that also helps qualify me. That's amazing. I love that, Katie. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. So I'm going to ask you three questions. Um, out of the many cities you lived in, um, name your three favorite in order. Okay. They're your favorite. Uh, Los Angeles and New York. Um, I will name as a yin and a yang. I think they go together really well. They're two world-class cities. Yeah. Um, but they complement each other nicely. New York is more, you know, spontaneous and fast-paced and high energy, and you can do or get whatever you want at any time. L.A. is a lot more chill. It's always beautiful out. Um, it's more about the healthy lifestyle. You sleep more in L.A. So it's nice to kind of have a balance of both. I happen to have places in both cities now, which is fantastic because I can get that balance. And then I also really like San Francisco. I lived there for a bit. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah that's where you went to school there. Yeah. So I went to school in San Jose and then afterwards moved up to San Francisco for a while. And uh, that's a great city too, but it's changing a lot with the whole tech game. Yeah. I've always like when I, especially when I was like really involved in that world, like I was like, oh, I guess if I had to pick another city to live in beside, like I would love to go to Austin. But outside of LA, I feel like my career would really only take me to like San Francisco or something. Mm. Um, and I like it. I just like never been able to like really dig my heels in there when I go visit or whatever. It's like, always a little too cold. Like I feel like everything when, no matter what area I'm in, everything's like shut down the day that I'm there. I don't really understand San Francisco that well. San Francisco is pretty cool because you've got, you've got a city. Yeah. I, I think of it as kind of like a Boston on the West coast. Yeah. Then you can go to wine country, Napa and Sonoma are right there. You can go skiing at Tahoe. You can go to the beach, everything. That's true. Yeah. Easily accessible. It's a good place for an adventurer. I love that about you is you're like always like, yeah, I'm just going out to blah, blah, blah for the weekend. And I'm like, I live in LA too. Why don't I do these things? Like, I think you're always like, feel like you're always thinking like in a way that I'm just <laughs> no, not, like, you know, like an very, opportunity like, seeker. Yeah. You're very much of like a carpe diem every day. I'm a bon vivant. Yes. Yeah, you are, girl. Yes. Bon I think vivant. it's and, you know, actually getting hit by that car kind of made me realize like do what you enjoy. That's um, good. You know, don't stress out and work too hard when you, you know, just do what you want to do. That energy totally rubs off. That's probably why I got drunk that day with you. All right. So it that's works. Probably blame it on that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Blame it on Katie's energy. <laughs> yeah. You've just got a serious problem with alcohol, Christina, and you need to look in the fucking mirror. I'll happily uh, accept the blame. <laughs> um, okay, Katie, what is, uh, and I choose this word carefully, what is the dumbest thing you've ever done for money? Oh, God, man. You ever just like leave a place and you're like, that was like no, yeah, so not I mean, fucking worth it. Or like years later, like you look back and you're like, I can't believe I fucking did that for like whatever. I mean, I did make a lot of money doing this, but I was a bottle service server in New York. Yeah. Um, and it was just, you know, you, you do make a lot of money for really not doing much work at all. Um, but I think it might have made me a little bit dumber. You think counts. so? 
Yeah. I mean, you're in this, you know, you're in a nightclub environment like every night and you're just kind of trying to do whatever you can to like sell these people more bottles. And you were definitely like a legend to Ed and I, though, when you were doing that back in the day, because we'd be like, dude, she's a lawyer during the day and at night she's a VIP cocktail waitress. She makes fucking bank. Like, yeah. I mean, I made more money doing that than I did practicing law. That's amazing. Yeah. Dude. Fucking dope. Don't go to law school, guys. Just <laughs> Sorry for all the work questions, but because I do think of you as like the ultimate hustler and someone that everyone out there who's like, I don't know what to do with my life um, should be doing. What um, What is the one thing you would never do for money? Um, Probably anything like sex related. Yeah. Never? Nothing? Uh, you know, maybe just nothing like illegal in general. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've always like wondered with the sex for money thing. I'm like, I, I think the answer is obviously just like a flat out no if it's like, and then if it was like a situation where the guy was really hot and like I probably would do it anyway. And for some reason, like the guy was willing to pay me for it. Maybe just to, like as Charlie Sheen would so eloquent, eloquently say, like just to go away after like, I think I would do that. I mean, you see these situations happening in many, you know, many ways. Yeah. You know, I've heard stories of guys taking girls out and then they leave and just they leave like a few hundred bucks on the nightstand or you know like maybe they don't pay the girls directly but they buy them some shoes or they send them you know away somewhere cool or you know and it's worth the line. What about like the chicks that like go on like they're like plus ones or like professional plus ones? Very interesting you know it's definitely an interesting uh thing to watch because I always wonder like what do you have to do sexually because like the question mark is always like Okay, so is he just paying for arm candy or because I mean, Lindsay Lohan will go out and like sleep with some Middle Eastern guy for a hundred thousand dollars and like one of the or like be his date for a hundred thousand dollars. Right. And how, to me, how that far implies does that go? he's not just being seen with her. Yeah. Like there's a hand job or something in the mix. I don't think Lindsay Lohan's given hand jobs. Yeah, know. but it's also <laughs> you, you would <laughs> you would hope that there would be like a contract in place before yeah. And, you know, dealing with that amount of money God, that in contract. any situation. So, yeah, yeah, I'd like to take a look at that one. All right. So, hand jobs for money. Cool. Let's take our phone calls. <laughs> hey, Malls. Hey, Christina. Hello, guest. If you have one, of course. Um, right now, I am seeing someone. And, um, you know, it's cool. It's fine. We've been on a couple of days hanging out. Um, he's super into me. Um, I'm not that into him. But um, he's super doting. He's so good to me. Just, you know, and it feels good to have someone who likes you that much. Um, right now, we're kind of getting to the point where we kind of need to establish something. And every time he brings it up, I'm just like, no, we're just hanging out. It's super casual. You know, it's fine. Um, I don't know. I feel kind of bad every time you think about it. But um, it just feels really good to have someone like you that much. Uh, anyway, I would just like to know if you all have been in a situation like this before. Um, if not, what do you think I should do? I know I'm being so bad, like, leading him on like this, but I don't know. I like his company and how he treats me. Um, so please advise. Thank you. What do you think, Katie? I mean, she straight said that she's leading him on. Um, I know. And he seems like a good guy. I just think, you know, try to be fair to him. And if you really don't see, like, that you're going to have the same feelings, just cut it off. Yeah, I I kind of really agree because I also think that right now you're like, yeah, and, like, you know, it's 
it's like, you know, he's nice and blah, blah, blah. You're going to have a tipping point where all of a sudden, like, being nice to someone that you're not really that interested in is going to start to feel exhausting. Um, it's like a lot of work to be compassionate in a relationship as much as possible, which is really what you're supposed to be doing. That's kind of like the point of a relationship. And <laughs> I had someone say to me, I, I had a situation actually kind of similarly recently where I was dating someone that was just like a really nice guy. <clears throat> and this reminds me of this in two situations. One, because I was in the situation you were in where I was seeing a really nice guy and I really liked the way he was treating me. That like he would pick me up and we would go to a really nice restaurant. He didn't drink too much. He was really kind. He asked questions. He was interested. He like laughed at my jokes. Like it was all there. Yeah, I thought he was like kind of funny. He was definitely cute, responsible, all, all this, all this great stuff. But like he just wasn't really like doing it for me at the end of the day. And I called him up on the phone and after thinking about it, and I was like, you know, I can keep dating him and see how it goes. I was like, or I can just do the honest thing and like say, hey, dude, like, I don't think this is going to go anywhere. And so I just don't want to see you anymore. And he said something to me uh, at the time. And he said, um, he said, well, but you're just like really what I need right now. And I said to him, I was like, well, I can't be what someone really needs right now. Like, I don't want that to be my role in life is like, I'm what someone really needs right now. And I feel like he probably feels that way somewhere, somewhere deep down, especially if he keeps repeatedly asking about the relationship stuff. He's like, he doesn't want to be like, you're like, he doesn't want to be your crutch and like use all of his good energy and like his good stuff to like foster your life when like, really, you're not even that interested in him. Like, how would you feel? If someone did that to you, you know, not good. You know, definitely give it a second look because it's hard to find a nice guy. Like I would say there's like one nice guy for every 10 asshole guys. Totally. So definitely consider that. But if if you're just going to let him, you know, be nice to you and take you out and all this and you're not in, into it, just cut it off. Maybe, maybe you guys can be friends. Uh, yeah. I think if you're not, if you don't reckon, if you can recognize that he's a good guy and that's still not enough for you, then I would say that like, don't just sit on him just because like, oh, I want to, I bet I trust me. I've been there where I'm like, oh my god, I'm dating like dumping a perfectly nice guy. He's perfectly like he's perfectly nice, but like perfectly nice isn't perfect. It's also like not. Um, I don't know if like nice is necessarily the number one quality I'm looking for in a husband. Like fair, definitely kind, definitely. But like I don't want a guy that's like, oh, he's such a nice guy. You know, like, because then it's like, I don't know. I feel like once the nicest thing you can say about someone is they're nice, it usually means they're like kind of a snooze boring we always used to like joke about comedians like my friends and I that's like when you're like oh do you know so-and-so and they're like yeah he's such a nice guy it's like if I was a comedian and someone was walking around talking about what a nice guy I was I want someone to be like she's really funny like or like she's really good at her job I would rather someone say that than like she's such a nice girl like, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I don't know. You might as well not say anything. Right. So exa- it's, it's exactly. And like, so it sounds like you're almost like noncommittal about him. If the best you have is like he dotes on you and guys are actually like a lot of guys are willing to throw down some real hardcore attention. Yeah. Maybe you haven't gotten to that place yet. We're like, I don't know. I just feel like maybe she doesn't even want to be in a relationship, period, because it was her language that she used. She's like, I just want someone. And it's like, you don't want him. Right. Right. Any warm body 
with the penis might deal with the job for someone, you. Someone, yeah, someone who's like, you know, Kai, like he doesn't, well, like, what do you want? Like he doesn't hit you or something? Like what What are you looking for in terms of like a nice guy? But he looks, he sounds like he's ready to settle down with you or in general and it's like really unfair for you to do this to him. Totally. Totally. I mean, this is the same kind of behavior we complain about with men all the time, you know? Totally. Totally. I mean, I've definitely been in his shoes where it's like, she's fine. Like, I'm just, this girl I'm seeing, she's fine. Like, that's what I would imagine, like, a guy that, like, was noncommittal about me back in the day to say to his friends, yeah, I'm seeing this girl. She's fine. But, like, I don't know. Like, in thinking about guys saying something like that about me, like, made me so sad. But I realize now that that's almost definitely what some of those guys were saying, you know? That's what you're saying. I don't It just – but I don't know. I'm also yeah. trying to do a better job of not guilting people into taking – guilting people over taking care of themselves and, like, doing – I mean, true. if this guy is willing to, like, be treated like that, then, you know, everyone is responsible for treating themselves with, like, a certain amount of respect, I think. Yeah. You know? Uh. But just be more real. Like, you know, this girl could probably – could be just, you know, pretending to be really into this guy and then in the back of her head she's not. Just, Just be real, you know? And if you see yourself starting to get mean, because that's what I've done, I, like, start to get a little bit mean. I just get impatient. Like, I don't have the patience for someone. And so I start to snap a little bit or, like, I'm overly vocal about fucking everything that annoys me. Um, and that's not fun or fair for someone to be around. Like, that's not that's not what someone buys a ticket for, you know? So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just I think it's obvious what you need to do. But good for you though, having fun dating. That's good. Katie, where do you find men? I always meet them in person. Like I I've never had any luck meeting anybody on like a dating app or anything. Have you done dating apps? I've done I used to do Tinder just for fun because I thought it was it's basically like playing hot or not. Yeah. Um, but I've never actually like met anyone from Tinder. Yeah. But I'm always out. I meet people every day in real life. So yeah. I usually That's definitely the benefit of your job. So you met your current boyfriend on the on the job. Yeah. I went into his uh place he was managing and um yeah I mean it's you know, being in like the hospitality uh, world, you yeah. just you just meet a lot of people. You know, I go to a lot of restaurants and bars all the time, and there's always I'll talk to whoever's sitting next to me. It's kind of the like perfect business to shit where you eat in. You know what I mean? Because like you're a contract player, basically. Like you don't necessarily need to go back there. You yeah. know, you can burn that hotel to the ground once you and that guy are done. But you might as well go on the date, right? Sure. Um, okay, let's take another call. Hey, Malls, this is Aaron from Chicago. Um, I saw your plea for questions on Snap, and I thought, who deserves a awesome weekend in NOLA more than Malls? I better get on this because I've been listening since the first episode, and I love the pod, huge fan. So anyway, my question is, what the fuck is wrong with Jax? Like, seriously, I, you know, you've been talking about Vanderpump Rules on the pod since forever, and I had never gotten on that train yet. I just binge-watched the entire thing the past year, meaning the past month, and I've caught up, and, like, the sunglasses thing, man, it's so weird, so baffling, like, I don't understand why, <laughs> why that would even happen. What was he thinking? 
And, like, I know you have a little bit of an inside scoop knowing Ariana and Tom and Katie and Tom. So, like, if you could give us a little tidbit, a little insight to what what is going on with Jax. Like, he's always been crazy, but this is just ridiculous. So, even if, you know, you don't have the answer to this question, just give us a little bit of fun and flirty Vanderpump convo on the pod on this episode and have a great time in NOLA girl thanks bye okay so Molly I don't watch Vanderpump rules but Jax isn't the one that shaves his head right that was Tom that's Tom Sandoval shaves his forehead yeah. and Tom Sandoval is gonna come on I asked him when I did the Bevs Ariana that. and Meredith saying he's gonna come on um Tom's dad I met by the way and he's awesome um no, Jax is like the meaty cokehead bartender that like he looks like physically like an ape. Like he looks like a he looks like a he looks like a gorilla on cocaine. Like I don't know how he's like bloated and like he always he, has crazy eyes. He always has like crazy eyes. Yeah. So I was like, hey guys, what's up? Like it's like he comes like a million well, like party. Like like when he's like doing the bar on uh in the episode on Gay Pride Day. Like, I don't think I've ever seen someone more visibly on cocaine on television in my life. Like, it was, there was no editing that could help that. Like, it was like, he was like coked up and hot and sweaty and like breaking liquor bottles in the ice and like then pissed that like he had to sit through people cleaning up after him. Like, he's, yeah. He's, is he the one that also sells like sweaters or something? He had a sweater line that like, that never got off the ground. Like, like season one. He wore a chunky sweater and then like season two, like he came back saying he was going to have like a sweater line, but like it never got off the ground. Yeah. I can't imagine someone in LA selling sweaters. Chunky knit sweaters. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you said the thing about cocaine, but my first instinct with him, with his behavior was possibly like steroids. Well, definitely. I remember he had the breast cancer scare because he was on all those, uh, What's it called? He was on all those supplements. Muscle mass building supplements. Yeah, I feel on, like, like that, all that makes shit people go crazy. It. Yeah, of course. And I mean, on top of the fact that like when you drink like that, like when you drink like hard liquor starting in the morning, like I, I think a light day for them is beers at noon. Do you know what I mean? So when you're drinking like that, you always have something in your system. Plus, like, they all were pretty casual about Mike Shea's Vicodin usage, too. Like, the guy was up to, like, 11 pills a day before they started talking about him maybe having a problem. Um, so I know for a fact that they're probably passing pills around. They're definitely, I mean, Stasi has said that, like, half of them are on Adderall. So there's that. Then, you know, I I bet a a majority of them, like, smoke weed. And then on top of that, you know, there's fun party drugs. They do Molly. They do Coke. They do stuff like that, especially when they're in places like Hawaii, where they were when Jack stole his sunglasses. And, like, I think he's gassed up on himself. I think he's, like, between the fact that he's perma-fucked up, probably a regular, just a regular good old-fashioned sociopath, um... On television, it's his birthday. Like, he's feeling like he's on top of the world. You know, it's like when Jackson, the Vanderpump Rules cast, goes to Hawaii. You know they roll at the red carpet for them. Absolutely. Like, and also are- just, you know, the fact that they're on television, like, that just inflates Jax's ego even more. 100%. And Mix it like all together with the drugs. Four and- of a hit show, like, he's kind of the mascot. Like, I would say Jax is definitely the most famous person on that show. Like... Just in that his name is Jax and like just none of them are as dynamic as he is. Like he's just his character. Stassi was really dynamic. But like 
all of them kind of fall to the wayside compared to Jax just because he's a perma presence. And you, like, you never know what he's going to do. Never know what Jax is going to do. And like 90% of the drama on this show to this day, even this Tom and Kristen shit, it all is rooted in Jax. Like he goes completely unscathed from all of it. But like almost all of this drama comes back to Jax somehow. Um, so I don't, I mean, what is his deal? I don't know. Who's your favorite character on the show? Man. Well, I've listened to like Ariana and Tom on your podcast and I feel like they're the most like real people that you would actually want to spend time with. Definitely. Um, Definitely. But Jax is good for TV, you know? And I have to say when I met him in person, like there's something about him. Like I didn't really, I didn't understand what I, what it was, but like literally you got, you talk, you exchange two words with him. And you realize that there's a light on inside somewhere in there. And he's not like, because you just expect him to be like, you know, like a fucking moron. You expect him to be a moron. But then you talk to him and you're like, oh, there's a little light on in there. Oh, okay. Like, I get it. Like, and he's kind of playful. Like, he definitely does have like a, there is a, there's, I can't know how to describe it. Like, you just, when you're talking to him, you're like, oh, you are a little smart. Like, there's a little something going on. You're a little, I can see how you would coast all these years and why people would buy into this still. Because that's always a big question for me. It's like, I say a young a girl like Brittany there, okay? That girl he's dating right now. And the fact that her family let her move across the fucking, that looks like a girl that like if her dad told her no, she would be like, okay. Like the fact that, that he's able to hoodwink like all these girls, this like sweet girl driving up from Kentucky, getting a boob job he paid for, like her whole family knows she's moving out here. She's about to be on television. Like, he's able to, like, still get by, get one by on people. So, like, I think the one thing that you don't see on TV is they do the most unfavorable. They do, like, the best edit possible for him, which is that they take out any of that light inside that we were talking about. And they just make him look like a coked up ape on the loose in, like, a fancy restaurant. You, you, know? always, you always need a villain. Well, why do people steal? Like Kim Richards, they say like she stole because she was coming off of opiates. And apparently women, I guess, when they're like going through an opiate withdrawal, like it's very common for them to steal. I don't know why. It could be just that feeling of being invincible that I would imagine one might get from being a reality television star and doing all of these drugs that, you know, tend to make people feel very invincible and um, everyone's treating them so well in Hawaii. He thinks he can just get by with taking a pair of shades. And he probably thought to himself, like, easiest thing to steal. Like, I just walk in. I put them on my head. I walk around for a minute. And I walk out. And I guess he did get kind of far. Like, apparently he got out of the store and then took a, gave them to his girlfriend and then took a picture on a boat. And the sunglass hut people or whatever saw the picture he posted and used it as evidence. So... I'm surprised that he could still face legal consequences for that. I don't know Hawaiian law, but my understanding is like if it's a shoplifting thing, you have to have the evidence in the store and you have to get him before. Well, they had tape, okay. I guess, of him doing it because I definitely saw like the TMZ tape of him like walking up to a rack and like putting a pair of sunglasses on and like turning on his heel and walking out nice. like all like casual. Um but then there's the argument, you know, oh, I was just trying on some shades and I put these on my head and I forgot that I was wearing them. Yeah. That's what Hannah did on Pretty Little Liars. But, yeah, I just, uh, 
I don't know what Jax's deal is. I mean, I think that they were able to further pin him when they were like, well, you obviously knew those were not your sunglasses when you gave them to your girlfriend and you guys posted pictures of them on Instagram. That's pretty, like, that's pretty embarrassing. And then his girlfriend, like, had to, someone had to bail him out. They had to get a bail bondsman situation going. And then his girlfriend, like, had to wait for him at the airport. This sounds so sad. Can you even imagine? And by the way, like, Jax is, like, 36. Like, a 36-year-old man has a 24-year-old girlfriend who just moved here from Kentucky is, like, waiting for him at an airport. They had to go to Hawaii on a Tuesday to Thursday because none of them could get work off and it's too expensive to stay in a hotel there on a weekend. Like, it's just dark. Like, it's just really dark. But also, like, I'm sure he's making plenty of money bartending at Sir. That's what I was wondering. And Vanderpump Rules is yeah, absolutely. And he even said that on the show. He's like, I don't need the, it's not like I need the money. And yeah. I needed to, like, steal them to impress you. He was like, I just, he's like, I don't know what I was thinking. And hey. I, I mean, it's definitely, it's like narcissism, drugs, like a, a big head on your shoulders. Like, you know, we could also be looking specifically for some sort of attention from that. Like, I don't. That seems like a subconscious, like, attention thing. Like, maybe he was trying to sabotage his relationship with Britney because it was, like, all too much for him. And he was like, maybe I can just, like, do something really fucking stupid. Maybe it was a cry cry for help. It probably was. I mean, it should be. But I don't think he know. I think he's a true sociopath. I mean, he got his ex-girlfriend's name tattooed on his arm after they broke up. Yeah. And, like, he had gotten, a like, a stripper pregnant in Vegas like a year prior to that like he cheated on her and like got another girl pregnant and like it's like he uh he's really done you know I remember when we first had Ariana on the podcast your mom like was like oh ask about Jax or something I remember you're like Diana said something about a guy named Jax like Jax is just like he's the dynamic one like he's just like what is his deal what's going on with him everyone (laughs) everyone wants to know what's going on with Jax I don't know. But like also when you ask when you ask them like the Vanderpump people because I think we've maybe even asked on Katie or something if you even listen to Pumped the Pumped podcast hosted by our friend Laura Shanell is like they talk about every week like what's Jax's deal and like the answer is is like I don't know he's just Jax like I don't know he's just Jax it's what everyone says and it's like I guess and I guess because everyone shrugs their shoulders and says it's just Jax, he's like, it's they've created a monster. Like, a monster has been created. And if it, when his mom was on the show, was that any indication, like, the story she was telling, he's been that way his whole life. Like, and everyone just like, oh, he's cute, whatever. Jason Couchy is his real name. Couchy? <laughs> Jason Couchy. Jax Taylor. Jason Couchy. Let's take our next call. <laughs> Hi, Malls. Um... I'm going to keep this confidential and without my name just because it's really embarrassing. Um, my dilemma basically to sum it up into a short um, paragraph is that I am newly relocated to um, another state far from where I'm from um, because uh, my uh, husband was transferred through his job. And so I left my job of... Um, almost 15 years um, doing something I hated um, and never really pursuing um, anything else while I was at that job because I'm lazy, I guess. And now I find myself at 48 with no direction, no job, no prospects, 
um, very unsure of what I want to do. I've always wanted to be in entertainment, but that obviously that ship has sailed. Um, so uh, now I find myself not wanting to work in a desk job and um, not wanting to make minimum wage in retail. And I know I sound like a greedy, lazy fuck, but seriously, inside I'm so sad and so scared and so regretful of the decisions I've made. Um, so I guess there's really no advice you can give me real. And please don't rip me a new asshole. I, I'm already really hard on myself. Um, well, you can if you want. It's your, it's your show. But anyway, so if you have any advice, that'd be great. I don't know what the hell you could possibly tell me to do um, other than go back to school or follow my dreams in entertainment. But what the fuck am I going to do at almost 50? Um, anyway, my dream was to have left high school and just gone right into sketch comedy or improv or something like that and see where it could have led. But instead, I just did what everybody wanted me to do, which is work desk jobs and go to college and uh, and do shit I hate. So here I am. Thanks for any advice. Bye. Well, the good news is, is that I would never be mean to someone who sounds as pathetic as you do. So I'm just kidding, girl. I'm just kidding. Listen. <laughs> Listen, I um, first of all, this, you called the right place because we have the exact right guest for this. But, you know, look, your dreams of sketch comedy may have sailed. There's probably someone who's out there right now being like, but I started improv at 59. I don't care. I'm not going to tell someone to do that. That seems like a really big waste of everyone's time. I was literally just going to mention that um, Estelle Getty, who played Sophia Petrillo in Golden Girls, started her acting career at 55. Okay, well, maybe you can take that route, but there's a reason why there's one. Do you know what I mean? It's the reason why everyone's like, well, John Hamm barely worked. And then, you know, it's like everyone points to this one, that one person that did it and is like, but I could do it too. Sure, you could. But I think that you're coming from a place where just, I mean, I'm going to turn this over to Katie because she's way better in this world than me. I honestly am seeing something for you that like sparks that sort of creativity um, and naturally folds into one of your existing hobbies. Um, I don't know what it is you like to do. Um, I personally, if it sounds like money is not a gigantic concern for you, actually, it sounds like you most mostly just want a career for the sake of, you know, having a career. Um, but I didn't hear you say like, we're financially fucked and it's on me to get a job, um, or anything like that, which is not, I would not give this advice to you if you were saying something like that. But if I, I honestly think, you know, for me right now, I love tie dyeing. When I started posting pictures of my tie-dye, everyone was like, are you going to sell some on Etsy? And I was like, no, because I don't need to. In my head, I'm thinking, I don't need to do that. But in the back of my head, I'm like, but that's not a bad idea. Like, if I really enjoy doing this, um, you know, and people are interested in it, maybe I could just, like, try, like, putting up eight pillowcases, two sets of four, and seeing if they go, and, like, what people are interested in. And maybe, like, you could try whatever your interest is. Maybe you could try doing something like some sort of online business um, that's easy to get off the ground without a lot of overhead um, or getting involved in some sort of local thing with like, I don't know why crafting keeps coming to me, but I feel like if you're a creative person and you have like some sort of practical skill, like you should combine those two things, um, your natural ability to do business and work and your ability to do something that you really enjoy. 
Katie, um, you found basically a way to not work in an office, but have jobs all over the place, um, doing all sorts of like, seems to me like you have like one, one job that's all, that's managing your 20 different jobs. Yes. I could use an assistant. Um, (laughs) in regards to the desk job part of it, um, you know, I, I think that it's good you're over that bridge where you realize you don't need to have a desk job because you don't, um, but I will say, if you're going to be this hard on yourself, you're not going to end up doing what you want to do. That's the first thing you have to work on is to just right. be happier with yourself. Um, or faking it. Yeah. Or just, you know, do things that you enjoy doing sure. that make you happy until you're, conf- you know, just build up your confidence a little bit. Um, now, you mentioned that you were into the sketch comedy and the improv. Um, and Christina of course, had her example of somebody who, you know, started their career a little bit later. But if you're this hard on yourself, it's going to be tough to be it's successful. It's a brutal world. Um, I mean, definitely. You know what? Why not? Take a class and see if that if that's something that is even going to, like, satiate that creative need inside of you. A lot of times things like when you're watching, like, you know, Mr. Show or like some sort of improv show or something, you're thinking to yourself like, oh, my God, I totally am quick on my feet. I could totally do that. Um and maybe you can, but maybe take a class first just to satiate that need to be creative and work on the career stuff as a separate thing. Because I don't, I think you're right in that that ship has sailed, and I don't mean that in a mean way. And I know you know I don't mean it. In a if mean way. if that's the if that's the world that you're passionate about, you know, find the local comedy club, see if you can get a job like at the door or doing sales or something in the club, and just so you're around the people and the atmosphere and, you know, really evaluate, is this something I want to pursue? Um, and that's a good way also to meet people in that industry. And people are working longer now. So like, I don't think the idea of like a second act is like that rare anymore. Like you shouldn't be, you, you're not 15 years away from retiring at the age of 50 anymore. You know, you could easily stay working until you're 80 years old if you find something you're passionate about. So you can, it's, it's not too late to change industries. I mean, I know someone who, at the age of like 65 got a full-time job again is like working a nine to five because she blew through her retirement or whatever. And, um, but it was, it was possible for even like 10 years outside of the workforce for her to still, to get another job. Um, so it's, it's, um, there's, there's hope for you, obviously. Another thing I would recommend is, you know, you're recently relocated. You probably don't know a lot of people. I would try to do as much as you can to meet people and just tell them that you're all looking, that you're looking for a job and you never know what kind of opportunity might fall in your lap the more people you talk to. Absolutely. Um, We're now, so you are so good at meeting people and I know you meet people and work and stuff, but like what are outside of that, where would you suggest like someone her age go to meet people and actually like have a conversation? I usually will just start talking to people if, um, right. you know, they seem like I might get along with them. Compliments are always a good way to start Hotel conversations. Hotel bars are good. Yeah. Ho- well, they can be kind of creepy too. They can. But like if the Sunset Marquee or something. Oh, I love the Sunset drink Marquee. And I see sure. smart there. I'm like, oh, you look like a smart person. I'll yeah. talk to you. you Even know? like I've met people in my gym classes. Classes are great. You know, take a cooking class, take an art class, you know, and just, you know, using your creativity in a different way will also help you think of more ideas and help you um, be happier. It blows me away when I walk by those this workout class in Atwater and it's basically like a jazzercise like something like I don't know what Zumba is, but when I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's probably what Zumba is. So, um, but like, I just think about the fact that like women get together all the time and go to those classes and like literally do the most vulnerable, embarrassing shit in front of each other and then just like pick up their towel and go home. And it's like, 
No, you just like literally sweated and danced and like <laughs> act so foolish with all of these people, like more foolish than you will act for the rest of the week. And you're not even going to fucking talk to these people or look at them in the eye or like hand them a water bottle. Like it's so weird to me when you leave like a hot yoga class and everyone just like silently like gets ready in their corner. And it's like, I understand it. No one wants to be the person who's walking around the gym being like, hey guys, hey, like it is embarrassing. And as everyone hates that person and feels bad for them secretly. I do. Um, but I feel like my mom is like a person who I feel like my mom is the kind of person who winds up with friends at things like that. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know how she does it. It's usually just like I notice Shauna makes like helpful comments or she compliments something specific about someone's clothing that like she would know that she knows that they would appreciate her knowing or like something like that, you know? Um, so I would. I would be really like when you're when you're out, be really interested in other people and also realize that the the value of your conversation does a lot for you. Because if you if you're a one liner for opening line, don't don't be calculated. Just be on your feet, which is why I think taking an improv class maybe wouldn't be a bad thing for you just to help in life. But like if you're first if the first line you say to someone is offers very little or no value, if it's like a hey or like a how are you today? That's anyone can. That's a dime for it. Anyone has that. It's like nothing. It means nothing. But like if you can come if you can come with them with like an interesting statement that's observant about something that they're doing or a place that you're in or, you know, I like to make a joke a lot of times. And that's a that's a statement of value that also not only lets the person know a little bit about you, who you are, but the way they engage in it lets you know who they are. And like so when when you're talking to people out and about, just like maybe try and. Be very conscious of how you're interacting. And even tell people you just moved there, you know, like that's a great. Exactly right. Your, na- your nails look here. great. You know, where do you get them done? I just moved here. I always totally. bond with people over nail art. Totally. Exactly right. Yeah. You find something that you all like and that's, you know, people at Whole Foods. Like when I was in Austin, like I would just walk up to people that looked like nice normal people and be like, hi, I'm new here. I'm totally clueless. Like I'm looking for like a really like. Or if I saw someone like eating at a place that I was like, oh, if they eat here, then they know other places I want to go. And then then I would find like hot people, hot 20 somethings (laughs) and hot single 20 somethings looking for a fun time, you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. But I feel like for you, for, for you and I, that's easy to do, but it's not easy for most people. Yeah, no, I would like, I'm just like marveling at this advice because I'm like, this seems so hard. I, when I was in Austin, I just saw someone who looked like, like vaguely familiar. Like maybe I knew him from a past life. And I was like, hey, where are you from? And he was like, oh, I'm from here. And I was like, oh, cool. You kind of look like one of my cousins. And he was like, I was like, he was like, oh, really? Yeah. And, and I was like, where are you going? He's like, I'm walking to the liquor store to buy my grandfather vodka great tell me more about that and like then we went to dinner a bunch of times nice wow his name was elliot do you remember we talked about him the freak he had the freak life world tour he owns (laughs) he owns a school bus yes elliot i met him on the street in austin lots of fun he has a garage full of hyperbaric chambers um but yeah i might you know what shauna used to do to me when i was a kid what She'd like go to the beach and she'd like put her stuff out and she'd put her sunglasses on and she'd like get in her tanning position and she'd be like, Molly, go find a friend. And so like it would be and I'd be like, I don't know how to do that. She'd like just walk up to any kids on this beach and say like, can I play with you? And I was like, like I hated it. But like it taught me from a really young age. Like if you're just like be like, hey, can I sit with you? Can I play with you? What are you guys doing? Like this is my toy. Do you want to play with my toy? Like, Did you ever get a no? Sure. Yeah. 
But like, see, but you recover from the no. Like a lot of people can't. Well, because usually, because usually the parents would be like, "Hey, quit being an asshole. Play with her." Like, <laughs> and there's no one to do that in the real world. But like, it's like dating. Like, you don't stop dating because one person dumps you. You but know, you can just kind of get a feel of their energy yeah. and like, do <laughs> you, you know, are they open to having a conversation or you know, is that or should you just not talk to them anymore? Yeah. You know, just feel people out. Be aware. Yeah, I hate it when the convo's over and no one is like wreck. John Levenstein talked about that, so I won't repeat myself, but maybe go listen to his free advice at the end. When the convo's over, move on. The worst for me is um, if I'm at like a restaurant or a bar like, yeah. by myself and I order some food, I'm chatting with somebody, then the food comes. When the food comes, just stop talking. Okay. You know, it's like I just got this beautiful bowl of pasta and you're talking my ear off and asking me questions. Right. Like, just- I don't like to be spoken to kind of at all. And I feel like it's almost my – I feel like it's almost like your curse as a woman because I'll tell you what. It has never occurred to me to like walk up to a man who's like eating alone and be like, hey, what are you doing today? Are you having fun? Like blah, blah, blah. It's nice to see you here. Whenever I'm like reading a book alone, like guys want to talk to me and it's like, dude, I'm not here because I'm bored. I'm here because I want to like receive this information while also enjoying a meal. Like I don't need to like small talk it with a stranger. Uh, If I wanted to small talk with a stranger, I would just not bring the book, right? Right. Okay. Let's move on. All right. Now we want to take a pause and ask you, our loyal listeners, for a favor. We want to get to know you and to do so, we need you to fill out a quick online survey. It won't take more than five minutes, and besides helping out the show, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $100 iTunes gift card. Shit. We know some of you may have already done surveys like this in the past, but we really need you to log in and fill this thing out as accurately as possible. Once we know more about you, the listeners, will be able to help deliver the show and the sponsors you dream about. Finding sponsors who are a good fit means we get to give you deals and information on the brands you care about while keeping the show free to enjoy every week. And if you don't care about helping out us or making the show better, which is dark and weird, do it for the chance to win a free iTunes or Amazon.com gift card, won't you? Please advise survey.com, PLZ advise survey.com. Again, that's please advise survey.com. Bye. Okay, we have a letter. Katie's going to read it. Dear malls and guests, I have an advice question about my relationship. I'm 26 and my boyfriend is 23 and we have been together for a year and three months. I love him very much in our relationship, but I wanted to get outside advice about something. I found this email from March 2015, him talking to guys on Craigslist and apps like Grindr. Do we know if this is a guy or a girl? This is a girl. Okay. So this is a girl writing the letter, but her boyfriend is on Grindr and Craigslist finding guys. Okay. I confronted him and he told me it was just a curiosity and that he has never been with a guy. I chose to believe him, but I found I find myself still months later finding random moments that make me think of it. The other day, my friend made a joke that he was checking out a guy who was talking to me and I got really offended. But of course, I don't want to let people know that he had this curiosity. My two best friends know and told me just to trust what he says and stay with him. We're so happy and things have been going great. I wish this never happened. This is my first relationship too and being essentially cheated on emotionally fucking sucked. (laughs) I guess my question is, how do I stop being so paranoid about this and questioning it in my mind? I do 100% trust him when he says it doesn't happen anymore and he shows me a lot of affection. We both still live at home, so we don't have sex that often, but when we do, it's great. Thank you so much in advance. Celeste, 26, Woodland Hills, California. 
Jesus Christ, Celeste. Um, how do you stop being paranoid about your clearly gay boyfriend? <laughs> I mean, I mean, if he's going, you know, proactively going on Grinder and Craigslist, talking right. to and finding guys, like, are you sure he hasn't met up with any of these guys? Like, okay, so I'm gonna just a little anecdote. So I have a friend who we've always suspected is gay. Like, all evidence points to he's gay, except that he's always dated women, and he even went so far as to marry a woman. But when they were just in a relationship, she found out that we had kind of heard some rumblings from, like, friends that someone had seen him on a gay dating site, like a muscle site. And um, sure enough, he was, and his then-girlfriend found it, and he explained it by saying that he was insecure about his body, and he wanted to post pictures of his naked body to gay websites to find out, like, what a gay man thought about his body because he knew that they would be more scrutinous than a woman, okay? So um, they continue to date. They uh, get engaged. Um, about a week before the wedding, she gets an anonymous phone call from a man Saying like, just so you know, you're about to marry my boyfriend, and like your like your like husband's a faggot, like all this shit. Okay, it like got really like expletus and like angry, and like it was, it was almost like he she was getting a call from a scorned lover. But instead of thinking maybe I'm getting a phone call from a scorned lover and I should like dial back uh, the story a little bit, remember the gay websites from a few years ago and put those two things together, maybe that means he's gay or that he's having. There's some bigger questions that I'm aware of. <clears throat> well, she decided that it must have been one of her cousin's ex-boyfriends pranking her to try and get her to call off the wedding. So they're married. They have kids. I don't know how they are now. I haven't really, like, spoken to them in a couple years. But I just don't know I think it will end and I just don't know how it will end well because they have kids now and I'm pretty sure he's gay and I know a lot of like gay men get married to straight women and have families with them and like function as a typical married couple but um girl I think your boyfriend's gay I just don't think he's out yet I don't think he's comfortable and also you're 26 like he's may he's not be he's 23 oh so he's uh, he's definitely He's just in the closet still, and he thinks that maybe having the girlfriend is a good way. I feel like this is a really antiquated thing to do. We yeah, don't know here's for the thing. sure, but we don't know for sure if he's gay or not. Whatever. I mean, clearly, that curiosity is there. So, I mean, it depends if you want to keep the relationship, but he needs to be able to explore that side of himself. I think that the doesn't that go away. Other people, me. I know. I think that if <laughs> other people are frequently enough picking up on it. And then you add on the fact that you have this other evidence that no one knows about. Um, there's more to it that I would you have a right to be paranoid because like that's kind of a lot of that's a lot of evidence and no one's asking you to ignore that. And you have to trust your gut. You have to trust right. your gut because if it's still something that's lingering, that's never going to go away. You, you're going to have to address it with him. And if he is a steep in the closet, he would never be honest with you about it if you asked him. So, I mean, I so maybe don't address it with him. It will be a nice coming out story when he comes to you in six years and says, like, thank you for being so patient for me when I was in the closet. I'm so glad you broke up with me and forced me to see things like the way I I think that you might want to I think that you might want to respectfully tell him without mentioning the gay stuff 
Just that you want uh, you got you want you guys to grow a little bit. You want you guys to both do some growing. I've got a couple ideas. What? Okay. So the first one is maybe she should find like. Is it an MMF threesome? Is that well? Here? That was that was going to be my second idea. <laughs> <laughs> so the first idea is um, I think she should maybe find somebody like a gay guy to like hit on him. Okay. Um, Prank show style. <laughs> yeah, you know, just to see how he reacts. Like right. Just, you know, you could try to catfish him, but I don't see. Here's the thing. It gets starts to be like then. Now, I mean, he is in a committed relationship with you, so I don't know if it is like outing someone because to be honest, he should be telling you the truth. If 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 he's even if he's like, bye, he should be telling you the truth. You know, you deserve to know that as his partner. And it just could be that he's not ready to deal with that. yet. I don't think there's a lot of like internalized homo. Um. I forget what I was going to say. There's a lot of like uh, internalized homophobia. Homophobia, excuse me. Especially out in Woodland Hills. Yeah. yeah. And he's still living with his parents too. So maybe he just feels like that pressure to be straight. And, you know, maybe if he was out on his own, he would be more comfortable. But also maybe ask him if he would be interested in having a threesome with another guy and see what his reaction is. And then, you know, I'm not sure how sexually adventurous you are, Celeste. But, um, you know, just ask you can even see what he says, ask and then maybe go ahead and do it um, <laughs> and just see what it's like in the bedroom. And then I feel like that will make your picture a lot clearer. If you get right. ignored for most of it, then maybe. Then yeah, you, exactly. Maybe I mean, you'll be able to. An idea yeah. Of, oh, but honey. yeah, it's a really delicate situation. You don't want to out someone. What are you doing being 26 dating a 23 year old? What are you doing? That's just like it's that's the age when it's like weird. You know, like that's a, that's the age when like no offense but at 26 you should be years above a 23-year-old. When you're like the difference between 23 and 26 is like the difference between 30 and 39. Well, and also like male and female. That's like I, I feel, you know, it's yeah. like a 26-year-old female is probably more on the same page as like a 33-year-old male than a 23-year-old. <laughs> totally. Are male. you kidding? Totally. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm dating these 37-year-old men out here, barely fucking functioning. Barely functioning. Like, they're like those, um, what are those amoebas that we used to look at in biology class that have, like, all the, um, little hairs on them? What are those cells called? Mitochondria. Yeah, they're like mitochondria. (laughs) All these dudes out here are like mitochondria. (laughs) They're little... What are those little feeler things I called? I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> they're, they're creepy. <laughs> creepy as hell. What are those things called? Okay, anyway, that's what they are. Oh, uh, there's like, t- I forget. I used to love the word. <laughs> um, What's the word? <laughs> those pictures of cells, man, were so fucking trippy. I still I don't to- understand why we needed to know all of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, idea. we spent so much time doing like, that. If you shit. were a biology major, maybe like, but I, I feel like you could full time like work with pandas and like all sorts of zoo animals and like literally never have any idea what a cell looks like. Like, it- speaking of pandas, I saw there was um, something on Facebook. There's a job where you can just hug pandas all day at a zoo. Oh, because they need like uh, they need like attention. Maybe that's what anonymous should do. Anonymous, anonymous person that relocated the forty-eight year old. Yeah, you should go have hug pandas, some animals. Girl. Yeah. yeah, you should. You should also volunteer. Maybe try volunteering in a shelter. You know, one of my really good friends, like, kind of backwards fell into her career of getting a master's in um, public health because she just really loved Planned Parenthood and what they stood for, and like, 
you know, Planned Parenthood was there for all of us in our 20s. I mean, no matter, I used to just go pick up birth control there every month and get like it was on the pill, you know, Planned Parenthood's for a lot of things. So she kind of just started volunteering with them a lot. And through that, she wound up deciding she wanted to spend her life doing that. Um, so try volunteering too. This is for our caller before, not you. The little feely things are called Scylla. Scylla. Or Cilia. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Cilia. Dude. Cool. That's what guys are like. Um, (laughs) All right. Well, let's take our next call. (laughs) Hey, Malls. My name is Tamara. I'm 23 in New York City. And I have a quick question for my roommate and I, actually. Um, We think that we have a ghost in our apartment. And I know you've had experience with this before. But basically, something in our apartment... um, moved overnight and it couldn't have been just like a casual fall or it just slipped off and fell to the ground and rolled over like basically the way the positioning was like it there's no way that any act of god or act of nature moved this item and i know you're moving into a new house and i know that you have had experience with ghosts so we are wondering um what do you do when you have a ghost? Like, we've been thinking about holding a seance. Like, is that silly? Or is that something that we should do? Um, what is your advice about ghosts? So, Molly, please advise. Thank you. Love you lots. Girl, were you calling us from, like, a rainforest cafe? That was literally the joke I was going to make. Oh, no way, yeah. girl. Where was she? It sounded like she was in the shower. So here's the thing. She wrote exactly what that sound was. She says... Also, the sound in the background is the tub filling. Don't hate a girl for multitasking. All right. We don't hate on you for that. No, I always talk to people when my bathtub is filling, and I always wonder what it sounds like on their end, and now I know. Um, It's it's kind of relaxing. Yeah, it was nice. Like white noise. Yeah, we were were in a spa just catching up as girlfriends talking about your apartment ghost. Great. Have you ever lived anywhere haunted? Yes. Um, So my building in New York that I, I still have an apartment in it, but I Airbnb it most of the time. That building was an ice house for the mob back in the day. It's like right near Little Italy. So, what is an ice house? An ice house is where they like kill people and hide the bodies. Okay. So, um, that particular building, I've talked to a lot of other people in the building who have had serious ghost issues. I've had talked to a guy that his girlfriend broke up with him because of it. Wow. My particular apartment, I think... Did you guys fuck after? Did you guys bond over the ghost? No. I I try to avoid fucking my immediate neighbors. (laughs) It's a good bird tip. Yes. Uh, General advice right there. But um, I think that my particular apartment in that building has never felt haunted because I always like cleanse the energy in it. I sage the shit out of it Right when I get there, before I leave. Um, I would definitely advise like saging your apartment if you don't want the ghost, you know. Ghosts can be cool too. It's- yeah, I mean, I would def- definitely recommend saging and like also keeping your place like kind of like clutter-free and like free of like any excess noise because I feel like that really like just stuff, energy gets trapped in that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but – um, you know, I have found from just like my limited enjoyment of Chip Coffee meeting him once, uh, you know, kind of um I dated someone who was also a ghost enthusiast. Um the trick is to kind of just greet them. I mean, with my ghost in my house, like I just said to it, I was like, Hey, I was like, I know you're here and it's okay. 
Like you are absolutely welcome to stay. If you have, if you have good intentions, if you can live with me peacefully, you can absolutely stay here. But if you're going to hurt me or you're going to hurt my dog, you have to go. And you just say it to them because they can hear you, you know, and they can also take yourself seriously when you say it because they can feel your intention more than they can really like understand your words. Also, if you are in New York, remember that a lot of spirits, I mean, that spirit could be very, very old. That spirit could be from the fucking late 1800s for all you know. You don't know. Um, And so a lot of times they don't understand the same words as we do that like in terms of modern electronics and everything else. So um, if something that they do, something that I like just like saw from just researching and like listening to uh, all these different things, if you can refer to certain things like a lamp, like you can call it a torch or whatever, instead of just a lamp, because they don't always know what a lamp is or a light. They don't always know what a light is, but they know what that is. So maybe try using that. They probably don't know what a computer is. Like really consider that. Then you can also buy something called an HLC meter and it's like 25 bucks or something. You can get it on Amazon. And, um, you just use that to basically like the same way that you use a sage. Like you just take it up and down the corners of the room, the walkways and everything else. And if the light changes radically from like green to blue or red to blue, um, that's a sign that there's activity there. And that's you, that will usually give you a sign. So like in my house, there was some, uh, there was major activity by some American flags that were stacked up and like clearly from a war and like part of like some sort of war memorabilia. There was a ton of activity there. So if there's anything in your house, that's maybe antique or has like, um, you know, if you buy like an antique item or something, that's definitely something you want to sage. Um, and maybe something you want to consider getting out of your house if it's showing activity. Um, but but like the scare, like the poltergeisty ghosts are very rare. Usually they're just people that want you to know that they're there and like respect that they're sharing their house with you too. They, you know? Yeah. I mean, they have had some connection to that place, like, you know, possibly hundreds of years before you. Right. And, you know, maybe they, you recently moved in if you're 23 probably. And, uh, you know, they're like, who's this person that moved into my house? Yeah. So you do have to respect them and just, you know, acknowledge that they're there. But just, you know, if you think about really honestly how the rarity of one being malicious, this is where like Ed and I kind of fight about it because I'm always like, Ed, you are like such a narcissist that you literally think that like there's ghosts everywhere and they're choosing to haunt you. Like they're just around, you know? And so I think that you don't need to be afraid of them. The ones you do need to be afraid of, they most likely aren't coming directly for you, but that's like why they have shows like, you know, Paranormal State and like all those ghost hunting shows it's because those, those for something that's so prevalent, it's very rare that one is evil or mean or even like a trickster, you know? I wonder too, like I'm sure if you're in New York, you could find some kind of like energy type healer that may specialize in finding a ghost energy. And, you know, if you're really dedicated towards it that would be interesting yeah if you're like upset about it for sure consider something like that I'm not upset currently about the ghosts in my house but as soon as I snapchatted about it I had at least two friends who live in LA reach out to me and say either they have a communicator that they work with or they um know someone that does basically that exercises 
your house for you. Like that gets the spirits out and come and cleanses it fully. Um, And if you think about it, it's probably just not a bad thing to do anyway. Cleanse your space, man. So if you live in New York and you have a recommendation for like a cleanser person for this lady, call. We will use her. We'll post her information at the end of our podcast or just pass it on privately. Um, Remember, you guys, you can always call us 323-450-7408 with your calls. 323-450-7408. That's where you can send your questions, your comments. You can call me a bitch. You can get drunk and think that you're going to speak to me and really just concern Christina Lopez at late hours of the night. Thanks so much for doing that. Uh, Desperately seeking attention, apparently. Um, But for the most part, all of your calls are super welcome. They are crucial for our show. To be fair, that person did apologize a couple days later. Okay, good. But it's happened more than once that someone's like pulled some antics on you late at night or like done some like, you know, I mean. It stresses me out because I care about you guys. It's well, it's the truth is that like you, you know, everyone. It's like we're not just here for the retweets, guys. We actually really do care about you and like. We all know you. I know you all by name. I'm like always talking about you like you're real people. I'm sure you are. But if you're not, I still talk about you like you're real. Tina the diva. Um, So, yeah. Thank you for very much for listening, you guys, and for calling. Katie, you listen to Please Advise. I do. And you've actually sent a lot of friends our way. Do you have any shout outs you want to give to peeps? Sure. I'll shout out to my friend Whitney, who's called in a couple times. Hey, Whitney. She always listens. (laughs) Um, And I'll shout out to my friend Lauren, who just got engaged, who listens. I love her. Lauren, what's up? Um, Girl, your sister and all of her friends dressed as all the different Beyonce's on her last album for Halloween last year. The picture's pretty amazing. Amazing. Your sister goes to BC, right? Yes. There was no blackface, right? No. No. God, no. no. Very classy. (laughs) Boston College girls do not do blackface. So Chrissy lives in San Francisco now, and she and her four girlfriends all dressed as different Beyonce music videos for Halloween, and Beyonce, like, Instagrammed that photo on her Instagram. Shut up. And it was, like, Chrissy's – Chrissy and Ed both have feel the same way about Beyonce. Yeah. If that tells you anything. Your um, sister. Yeah. And so this was, uh, you know, one of her shining moments of life. That's so huge. Yes. That is so huge. Mm -hmm. So wait, did she get a bunch of followers? Like how did Beyonce find her? I think it was like a hashtag thing. Like I think Beyonce was like, you know, if you do particular hashtags, maybe I'll put you on my Instagram. Yeah. But yeah. Dude, BC must have gone nuts that like six of their girls were on Beyonce's Instagram. Yeah, I'm sure. Nothing big happens at BC like that. And they all looked super hot too. Yeah, they did. They all looked great. Which video was your sister? Partition. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. She looked good. Um, well, Katie, um, what is there anything you want to tell our listeners about to look for? I know that you are always on the go working for different people, so you don't want to shout anyone out and close off any options. But is there anything like event wise coming up in LA or anything that people should look for, go to? Event wise, I always like to go to the big food and wine events. Yeah. That's what I kind of keep those all on my radar. What's with restaurant week? Is that a real thing? It's yeah. a thing, but it's not really geared towards people who usually go to restaurants. It's kind okay. of, it's tries to, they always do it during a slow time for restaurants. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of, people that may not, you know, want to spend so much money usually. Yeah. Got um, it. They do like you a know. Menu. Okay. The, the perspective from the restaurants is like the restaurants all kind of hate it. They don't like the dealing with these people. I mean, it sounds like hell to me. Yeah. I just don't want to go to something called restaurant. No, week. like I'll go to the restaurants and then I won't order from that menu. 
Yeah, you know? they have like a special restaurant week menu that's a little yeah. lower. Yeah, it's like I a fixed price thing. Yeah. Oh, okay, I get yeah. you. Yeah, that sounds so, like hell to Restaurant me. week, whatever. That's just like going to a spa and getting like the custom package. You know yeah. what I mean? It's all about those extras. My advice is just go into whatever restaurant you want to go to, make friends with the bartender and see what happens. I would love to go to a food and wine event with you, Katie. I know, me too. Let's do it. Let's go to like Malibu Wines or something. Oh, I would love that. They Can we do the safari too? Yes, oh my God. Yes. I just said yes. Let's do the safari. <laughs> yeah, let's go yes. hug some goddamn pandas with this 48-year-old. She can come out here and hug giraffes yeah. and pandas and Malibu wines with us. Um, first of all, can I just tell you? Well, I, Uber so I can get drunk. We um, have really made it that an unemployed year old, uh, unemployed 48-year-old is calling us. Like, yeah. we've, I've just, Can we just take a moment to sit back and look at our success? I don't think we ever really sit back and look at ourselves. When that Jamaican guy called, that was groundbreaking for us. <laughs> Now we have a uh, – we had who else? Some girl from – began with an S. Some so We had a call from Brazil. Oh, we had a Brazilian cool. call. Shout yeah. out to our Brazilian fans. I was going to say, didn't we get a call from Syria? But I know that's not where it was from. But I'm like, I want to say Syria. I know it that's wrong. Syria. I'm thinking of Siri on my phone. No, I'm not. Uh, but um, we, I think it was like Lebanon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty tight. Uh, I don't know why I thought Syria. I guess Syria is just really on my mind these days, you guys. I'm so political. <laughs> Oh, God. And stop talking about politics, Molly. Okay. So, um, Katie, since I think cool places to go in L.A. are actually Joshua Tree, do you um, have, like, a few locations that are hot right now for people that call me looking for tips because they assume I'm cool, but actually I just don't leave Glendale? Yeah. I mean, most of my recommendations are going to be restaurants and bars. Please. Okay, yeah. great. Well, I stayed at the Standard in Hollywood last week. Yeah. And uh, – there is a restaurant called Alma that used to be downtown that closed because kind of an interesting story. Bon Appetit named them like the best restaurant in the States or something. Yeah. And then they had all these Yelpers coming in. You oh. know, like that South Park episode, the Yelpers kind of like were tearing mm-hmm. them apart. So they closed downtown. They're doing a pop-up at the Standard in Hollywood until May. And the food is unbelievable. It's And it's close to my house too. Yelpers. So, so wait, yeah. so like – they literally brought their score down from like five stars to two. Like- no, I think you know the like the critics still viewed them favorably, but I think that the um, all these people that just came in because they wanted to go to the best restaurant. Right. Um, there's some interesting stuff about it online. You're um, kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like Jonathan exactly. Gold recommended this place that I love in Hollywood, Jetlada. If you go on one of if you go on their Yelp review page, like one of the first things they say is like. This place was amazing till Jonathan Gold ruined it. And, like, first of all, the food tastes exactly the same. Like, you're literally just pissed at this, like, hole-in-the-wall place that has, like, delicious, amazing food. Low-key was, like, blown up. Um, But, yeah, it's like you kind of can't win either way. It seems like people want to hate on your restaurant no matter what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking this one's for the restaurant owners out there, man. I know. Don't let the haters get you down. Don't let those Yelpers out there get you down, girl. And you guys, another day. you guys should all watch that South Park episode with yeah. the Yelpers. It's hilarious. This whole season was amazing, to be quite honest. Like, the whole season was great. So It's a great show. I haven't watched that Binge watch that. It was really – the thing that changed the game, and I don't want to get into it too much, but whatever. Um, last season, they started doing continuity between episodes. Okay. So everything that happened in the previous episode was impacting it's the like serialized, episodes. yeah. Yeah. So they since last season, they serialized it. And they've been tackling a lot of interesting tar- topics. They do tackle the whole R-word debate. Mm-hmm. And my only my only kind of thing about the way they handle stuff is that 
they're, they're two white guys complaining right. that they're not allowed to, like, say words. Yeah. And it's just, like, there are specific reasons why people are offended by those words and why people – but, it, I mean, I guess it's, a lot of people could say that it's gone down of hand. The whole social justice warrior thing. Are you talking about race specifically? Not she's just the, race. She's saying the R word. No, not just the R word. We're talking about. Oh, no, I know. Because <laughs> when someone says the R word to me, I think rape. That's what I thought. I was thinking like yeah. a racist thing. So, um, but no, I mean, look, it's it's upsetting because I feel that ultimately no one's going to ever give you a perfect point of view ever. It is frustrating that like. You know, no creator of a show is smart and amazing and doesn't have some sort of caveat like, oh, you're but they're just white guys or something. But the free speech shit really bothers me because, you know, you want to push back on certain words and you want to push back on like, you know, this is a this type of language informs this negative behavior It makes people think that it's OK to be bigoted or whatever. But um, the second that you start slamming the brakes down on certain word usage and like you're just we're getting you get closer to having your rights taken away, which the same people that, you know, fight for, um, you know, women's rights and gay rights and everything else also being like very, you know, social social justice warrior about the rights to say whatever you want Um they directly conflict if you ask me. So it is, it's a little frustrating because it's like you want to be able to say like, I wish I could just say like, no one should say retarded anymore. No one should say the N word. No one should say this. No one should say that. That word should be illegal to say. But once you say that, then you start <clears throat> really blurring the lines and muddying the freedoms that we like are still fighting to afford ourselves. So my thing is that if people who are, are marginalized say that like this word offends us, yeah, then, you know, as someone who has been marginalized in her lifetime for being a woman, for being a person of color and for being queer, um, I have to respect that because I know what that feels like. I know right. what it feels like to have a word said to me with poor intentions. Right. And I never want to make someone feel that way. So if I can do what I can to eliminate that feeling, and if they're standing up and saying, we don't like to be called this, I feel like I have to respect that. Right. I mean, I understand that. But then I feel like you, but like, I feel like we know tons of things we say are vaguely offensive to someone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but that's the thing that is like, where is the line? Socially that it's like, I would never, I would never say this publicly, but, or I would never say this in front of my family. But um, there's ways that we, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know. That's the thing is that it's we tough. don't, that's a really tough, if anyone knows where the line is, you can call 323-450-7408 because I don't know where it is. I feel very uncomfortable about it, but I also appreciate that opinion a lot because it is, it is really important that you draw from like your compassion when you're deciding how to treat other people. You have to remember your experiences. It's super important. Um, I think a good like general principle, you know, if we have to come up with some kind of line is um, just before you say anything, just think about how it will affect whoever you're saying it to or whoever is listening sure. to you. You know, think about how you're going to make other people feel and then right. decide if you want to say it. Yeah. That's tough, dude. It is tough because I feel like also you – there's so many lines that you don't know you're crossing. Like yeah. there's like also like – Even as I'm getting older, I feel like, oh, 
like I'm kind of out of step with how the younger people, like this new generation that's coming up. Is I mean, I can't, so in tune makes me with roll like, my eyes. I know, <laughs> and I, it makes me feel bad because I'm like, this is officially a sign that I'm getting old. That I'm like so fucking over their like progress, like their precious progress. Like I'm kind of like, you know what, you guys like don't even you're not even like fully formed humans yet. So I'm like kind of unclear on how this. Like, call me when you're thirty and with your progress. Like, tell me where you're at with your thirty when you're thirty. With I your don't progress. know, but it does give me a lot more compassion for older people too. Just because like, I feel this way, like I can't imagine someone who's like sixty knows what the hell's. Jen going Kirkman on. was going off today on Twitter, and I like retweeted it. I loved it. She was. I'm gonna just paraphrase her. I don't really remember exactly what it was, but she was like, I can't. You know, uh, I'll just I'll just read her tweet because I don't want to paraphrase someone who actually writes. Um, She wrote and I loved it. She wrote, I was young once. I was just as obnoxious, too. I can't wait to be 60 and see how obnoxious I am now. And this was in like reference to a bunch of 20 year olds going nuts on her because of something she said about them complaining about ticket sales or something, but they all have iPhones, which I think is true. It's like if you have like a $120 phone and you're complaining about a $30 comedy show to a comedian who works really hard and like hauls her ass city to city, like she's not really interested in like the fact you're poverty because it's like not real poverty. Uh, You're just in your 20s and struggling. And that was basically your point. And it's true as hell. And I think about that all the time. Richard Rushfield said it on the show too. Like whenever you have an opinion, just stop just stop. Like he was like, just don't say your opinion out loud. It's true. Um, Katie, do you have any final words before we let everyone go for this week? Final words. Um, I think from our episode today, acupuncture, um, don't be scared to talk to people, right? But know when to stop talking to them. (laughs) (laughs) That's so important. Nobody has the ladder. I feel like not a lot of people. Yeah. Just, you know, try to feel them out. You know, try to read their energy. Try to pick up on how they're feeling. Um, It's not all about you. Totally true, dude. Totally true. Everyone thinks, you know what? That they think the whole world revolves around them, you know, expression. Like, the more I've been, I heard someone say that recently, and it's kind of blown my mind because I realize so many people think that, like, the sun rises and the moon sets just for, like, that, or the sun, moon, just whatever. The planets do their thing for them and it's so not true it's so not fucking true man it's just like the planets are getting their life like, revolving they're just around like them. yeah the planets like literally are obsessed with them uh they're not okay so goodbye bye thanks katie Thank neptune you. doesn't give a shit about you no <laughs>